We'll start over. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Creatives Ignite. It used to be called Design Recharge. For all the other three times that Scott Biersack has been on, it has been called Design Recharge. But we changed it in, I don't know, I guess this year was the first official year of it. And um, I'm just excited, Scott. You are have always been one of my favorite people to interview. You're uh-huh. a law lifetime learner. So we were doing some uh, talking about when he was on before. So in 2015, I believe you might have still been in school as an undergrad. Yes, I in graduated Arizona. in 2015. So, okay. yeah. So it's you very, had very inside of school, you had worked for Disney. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, well, it, it, super I, was in, I was an intern. I was doing work. Doesn't matter. Uh, at an internship. But yes, I touched Disney stuff. <laughs> yeah. And not just, you know, on the shelf or something. So, but there were things that you were doing, right? So you've also done work for Stranger Stranger. So Brian Alexis says that he's showing this to his um, packaging class, right? You did some work for Stranger Stranger. Stranger. Yeah, I worked, I worked there for a short time as well. But they do a lot of packaging and yeah. type typography for a long time has been one of your loves. When you were in yes. school for years, this is in Arizona, people, so it's hot. It's in Phoenix, a little bit cooler, but for real, not not as cool as it could be in other places, right? But one of the things that was impressive to me is, Scott, they had this big, what was the feet size of that chalkboard that you would go and draw on every week? Gosh, I don't even remember anymore. It's got to be at least like 23 feet, I think, 25 feet long. And it was like maybe six feet tall or seven feet tall. So it was pretty big. Pretty so big. you would go and you would uh, do a lettering. You would have a message and draw with chalk every Saturday or and, and, I don't know what day it was. Yeah, uh, it was usually the weekends because that's when I had time to kind of take a break from the the schoolwork and nobody was around because all the kids were, you know, sleeping from the night before partying and everything. So it was my time to just like have some solitude at that wall. And so if you want to search for any of those old episodes, if you just go to creativesignite.com and scroll down to the bottom and it says search, you can search for Scott Biersack and you can watch those. And we have talked about that. You have a very inspiring story. There's some, I think, Vimeos or YouTubes that if you search... um you tell your story and it is so inspiring so now we've known each other a long time um so 2015 is when you were on but now and now it's 2023 and so scott just said can i tell him how old you are now yeah go ahead he said i just turned 30 and i did this so long ago so to me it's like wow and i mean um scott's super taller than me but who isn't really um but he's always somebody who's just so easy to talk to and very um just puts his pants on like everybody else but he's had some amazing things he's done so as a lifelong learner just give him a little bit about i've given a little bit of the stuff you've done you've done packaging you've done murals you've done a lot of really heavy focus type stuff but tell them a little bit if somebody didn't know who scott Biersack was what would you how would you describe yourself yeah that's and it's that's a great question because more so recently it's been you know me exploring a lot of different creative avenues so i don't know how to tell people like what it is that i do other than like my typical day-to-day is i'm a lettering artist illustrator designer i have that as my background but i've been I guess more so in the art realm recently or just like a creative realm in general where I just like I tackle all kinds of things that just entice me. So I've been like calling myself an artist recently, which is more of like a broad blanket term just because I've been dabbling in so many other things. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of it. When I was describing you in my thing, I actually didn't have typographer first or letterer first that was like yeah, that's okay that's okay what, because i do think you have um you've expanded you yeah. know it's and i think that that is really it's a reminder that we don't have to just get stuck on one thing it's a reminder that we can change our minds and we can 
And luckily, our industry is big enough that there's a lot of things for us to explore. And right. I think that you have a great, I think it's a great story for for that, being able to. So the last time we talked was in 2018, and you were about to leave for type uh, type at Cooper Paris, maybe? Uh, type Paris. It's just Type, type Paris, yeah. <laughs> type, you're like, uh, no, <laughs> Diane. Anyway, but it's you had okay. already done a Cooper yeah. uh, a union. You'd done gone to New York. Right. You'd studied there, um, and you've made uh, lots of, I mean, lots of things with type. Um, but I, when you showed me the images that you, you, I asked you to give me some images, and you told me, um, or you gave me some, and a lot of illustration. And not that you hadn't illustrated before, but the it was mostly typographic illustration. You were um, pushing the typography of it. And so now to see your work now, you've was that a big switch when you went from and started illustrating more? Um, thankfully, not so much just because of my sort of upbringing in, in elementary school. Like I always took art class um, from like kindergarten up until I graduated high school. Art was like the foundation of my design career. So it was kind of nice to just fall back on what I knew in terms of like art and painting and, you know, all the different uh, avenues of creativity there. So it just feels good to like take a step back from you know, quote unquote design and, and come back to the art side of things. And it all just connects at some point, you know, one way or another. Um, so even though like, like you're saying, like the a majority of my work might be type or illustration focused, um, I try to take those things and expand upon them in other avenues of creativity. So even though this thing over here might not be like directly related to typography, um, the nuance of like, maybe something as simple as spacing that I learned in the type of Cooper program or type Paris program, I still have that uh, sort of um, muscle memory almost. And then I can apply that to this other thing that I'm doing over here. And so it all, you know, like I said, it all just connects one way or another. And so it's been nice to explore all these other avenues of creativity. And um, even though they're not, you know, correlated whatsoever, um, they all connect in in some fashion. Absolutely. So was it a really uh, relief, I guess, when you started? I know that I've talked to other typography-focused designers or illustrators, and they have, there's been a, when someone asked them to illustrate something in with it, in the beginning there was like, oh, I don't, you know, I do lettering, you know, or I'm, it, right. there's a, there was an uncomfortable period for them because yes, they may have drawn as a kid, but they weren't drawing, nobody was paying them to do that. Yeah. And so, right, right. so there was a little bit of a imposter syndrome or like, oh, I've got to work at this. Was that just, you were, that wasn't something you dealt with or was that ever part of the because you were um, illustrating enough like you were practicing enough on your own maybe right i was i was doing it on my own here and there um yeah it's definitely validating when a client wants you to to pay you for the work that you're doing but um i don't know i always was illustrating and so you know my mindset of drawing letter forms uh you know even something as simple as the definition of lettering is drawn letter forms, essentially. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, it is very beneficial to own your illustration skills and lettering skills simultaneously because um, the work just kind of, again, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, illustration and lettering, I consider lettering illustration sometimes too because the a majority of the time if a client reaches out to me, they actually need an illustration first and the typography second. Um, so it's not like they're coming to me specifically for a logo type and they need some additional sort of ancillary assets. It's more so they need like, I mean, at least more recently, the work that I've been doing has been like, we need a big poster. And then if you can draw the type too to make a custom for this poster, then that's great. So like I said, I think the illustration is actually first and foremost and lettering is second. So if they can of course, jive with one another, then the piece is going to be, you know, that much better because you have the understanding of what makes a good illustration 
And then the type is just, you're just adding some type to it, like ma making the type match the vibe of the illustration that you're drawing. So I don't know if that answers your question yeah. or... No, that totally. So, so I think that that's a really good point. So people, um, you were, and all your, you have multiple styles or you've gone through multiple styles as as I've seen you. Um, but I think that it's, you you don't just fit into one bucket super easy, which, but it is really helpful for clients because then they can be like, hey, we know you show up. We know you do great work. Can you do this? And you're like, yeah, I can try. Or yeah, I've been playing with this. Or do some people just mm -hmm. kind of give you carte blanche and say, hey, we just really love this. Can you, do they ask you to stylistically match things or do they just like what you're currently doing or just trust you to be like, create whatever you want? Yeah, it's it's definitely a mixture. Some clients definitely come with some sort of an idea. A lot of the clients that I'm working with have a either an in-house design team or some sort of design team uh, in the vicinity. So it's not like I'm just working directly with like somebody that has no idea, you know, what quote unquote design is. Um, so that definitely makes my job so much easier because I can like, you know, give them an AI file and they can pick it apart and do whatever they need to do. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, what was the question again? Oh, Remind me. me. I have ADHD. <laughs> I don't know. You have I totally to keep up. Just like <laughs> lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was just. Oh, do clients? Do you? Oh, if, clients, does it's like giving me style, free reign and stuff. Yeah. Do you yeah, get yeah. free reign, or do they say, "Hey, you did this one thing," or do they see something that you've done on the side, like a yeah, just no. a, a a Scott project? Yeah. So sometimes it is that way sometimes they see something that i've already done and they like the overall style for that thing and they'll say hey we want you know some stickers or something in that same style but honestly a majority of the time a client comes to me and they say like hey we have this project where you know let's say they they have a general idea of like okay i'm gonna we're gonna brand an event and it's up to you to you know art direct or creative direct or whatever um this event and so that's kind of where i get to come in and you know, build that sort of like overall look from the ground up. And that's why I really love doing stuff like that because they do put a lot of trust in me to, you know, create that overall style that is being proposed. Um, and so that's why I get the opportunity to work and draw these wild things that I wouldn't normally get to is because I'm the one thankfully being able to propose these ideas and say like, hey, I think this is cool. Do you think it's cool? And the client thankfully sometimes is like, yeah, this is cool. Let's do it. And so um, I'm very lucky to be able to, you know, have clients trust me in that, in that sense. So from, and this wasn't on the sheet. I mean, Lord knows we haven't even started on the sheet, but um, so from, so one of the things that you sent me was this mural that you had done. And in all the, the chalkboard work you had done from years ago, had you, been wanting to or have you been doing murals the whole time and i just didn't know about it you weren't like posting about it and no but, no <laughs> so what did you want to get back into doing something larger and did you physically do it did did you just design oh you went and painted it so was yeah. there something yeah. like going back to when you were in undergrad or yeah. something i don't know was there this nostalgia for you in yeah yeah absolutely um with that project in particular um, you know, I was hit up out of the blue from DoorDash and they needed some, some artwork for the, the walls of their new headquarters. And so thankfully I was even considered in the first place, because if you look at my portfolio, I have no mural work in there whatsoever. And so it's crazy that I was even offered the job, but I do have mural, mural work. I have painted a number of murals. And then of course the chalkboard stuff, like I've worked large scale a number of times. Um, I just don't get that work too often because people don't see the that type of work in my portfolio. So, um, yeah, it was really, really nice to be able to, you know, take a step back from the screen and work physically on this massive wall and paint it. And me and my friend, Nicole, she's an actual legit muralist. So I had her come in and help me. <laughs> like, I wanted to make sure it was done correctly. And the client, like, you know, loved it at the end of the day. And so her uh, guidance definitely helped because um, it's been so long since I have painted a mural. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time. I want to do more of that stuff. It's just few and far between just because, again, 
my portfolio doesn't have, you know, that much mural work in it for people to see. So they don't know that I'm capable of doing it. So. Yeah, I think that's great. And that it again, sometimes we have to create some things on our own to be able to start getting that work. But the more you get, but because you did so many of those when you were in your early 20s, by doing those every Saturday, you got experience of working in that big scale, designing for that big scale. We do have lots of yeah. uh, Jason Carnes here. We have lots of other people. Yeah. I, oh. I, I really appreciate you guys being here. And um, I told Scott that I might get teary because there's, anyways, but I just really appreciate you That's guys awesome. being yeah. here. Okay, so um, this is the this is the fourth time you've been on the show. So how in, since, let's just take it from 2018, you were about to go to type Paris. So you're continuing to learn. You're not, if you watched uh, Scott, I think it's Vimeo, the, I mean, your there was a time where your family was you were living in your car you know this was you're not just like this super wealthy rich from a rich family you know like you know oh well, this summer i'll spend in paris you know like oh, that yeah. was wasn't where you were coming from so you're working and you're learning you're you're just um putting your extra funds into your brain i guess right like yeah, you're very true teaching yes. And so um, one of the things we talked about last week when me and you met um, was just this love for this learning and this continual learning. And I think I'm definitely a continual learner as well. Um, but so from 2018, you were about to go to type Paris, which you'd already studied at uh, Cooper Union. So what was the pull to go and study in, in Paris and then what have you been learning since and how has your business changed from 2018 to today? Um, all right. So great question with Paris, especially. I mean, those are two huge, huge questions because they both are going to be some massive answers. Um, but anyway, I'll start with Paris. Uh, the big push for me was, you know, I had I had this understanding of typing and lettering and stuff, but I wanted more and I know um, that I'm very successful in a school environment. Um, if I have somebody relying on me, if they say, Scott, you have homework due on this day, I'm going to get it done no matter what because I work really well under those sort of um, guidelines, I guess. Um, and of course, just the camaraderie, like I really loved the camaraderie involved at the type of Cooper program and everyone's there just like hyped on type all the time. Uh, and like just being was around their, people that was that their tagline hyped on type? No, no, that, that totally just came out of my be. mouth just now. <laughs> That's a good but, one. <laughs> but I'm, I was equally high on type. And so it was, it was so nice to be around people that just truly loved, you know, what they were doing and they were there because they loved it so much, you know? And so like that kind of, feeling or sensation was sort of infectious because how often are you in an environment where people are just like super stoked to be there um and of course they're like doing it in their in their part time essentially because the way the super program and paris program are set up is like you essentially still have your job elsewhere and you are kind of making this happen and so that's that's kind of uh one of the main reasons of course so the the baseline level was like okay i really love school um, that's a no brainer. And then I wanted to learn more. Like I thought, you know, you can learn so many things like regarding type and lettering, but if somebody else has a different methodology as to how to draw a G, for example, well then I'll go to Paris and learn how to draw a G differently, you know, because the way they're teaching it is going to be completely different than the way the type of Cooper program is going to be teaching it. Um, and so I learned a shitload there, even though, yes, I did do a year at type of Cooper like I still learned so much at the type Harris program and so I'm so glad I did that um but yeah I just have this urge to like you said like continue to learn um it's hard for me to uh just kind of do the same thing day in and day out like I just get so bored so easily and learning is one of those things to easily just like change up my routine and you know be stoked and reignite the fires of creativity and enjoy the process along the way so I don't know. To me, it's a no-brainer. 
I know it's a difficult thing for m- most people to do, especially here in America where schooling is very expensive. Um, but like you said, like I just tend to save up my money and put that towards school um, instead of, you know, I don't take massive vacations or anything. I think the last time I took a vacation was like, I couldn't even tell you when. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm spending that money on on myself to sort of better myself, but also just like enjoy life along the way because creativity and being a creative overall is like what kind of sustains me as an individual. And so I try to feed into that. And so um, the second part of your question, I think, was about like all the things that I'm doing now. Or so like how has your thi- business changed since? So from 2018, right before you were leaving. So I know yeah. you, were, you were working. You the, Even the, maybe the kind of clients that you're getting now or the types of projects that you are going after now might be different than what you were going after then. I mean, I know it is for me. I'm doing different yeah, things. That is very true. I think honestly, just by happenstance, I've you know worked with clients that I didn't I, I didn't think it would happen. You know, I'm not like uh, just to be blatantly honest, like I'm not searching for the work too often, and it's just thankfully, you know, people I don't know talk you know share my work in their agencies, and my work my name gets thrown around or something because I'm not actively emailing people that often sometimes i am some but most of the time i'm not just because i'm already so busy with you know what's currently on my plate and so um i think a big impetus as to you know what's led me to these bigger jobs or or the work that i you know have been doing recently has been less about you know putting myself out there and more about understanding who I am as an individual and what makes me tick and um, you know the things I love the things I hate um, all the like understanding myself has been actually the most beneficial thing for my business because um, and I'll just be blatantly honest I've been going to therapy for four years now um, so right around 2018 I think is like for 2019 right that area right when we were talking the last time like that's when I realized I needed therapy and going through that and has been a, a great experience again to help me realize like who I am, what are my values, all these things that make me me. And then I take that, bottle it up, and then it becomes an outward sort of projection onto my business by, you know, just by association. Like I'm not really doing anything different other than um, making different decisions based on my, the understanding of who I am. If that makes sense. So, yeah, totally. Something as simple as like knowing what my values are and then using that to guide, you know, the clients that I take on or the client relationships that I have. And um, and then intertwined in all of that, uh, I realized that like I was treating my work like work. Like I felt like I was clocking in and clocking yeah. out. And I realized like, what the <laughs> f- am I, Scott, sorry. I was like, what, what am my I doing right now? My mom's not here, so it's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> skip back to a G rating next week, people. Uh, exactly. This is what a great way to um, I'm just, make sure for I'm sure my mom's over here. not. I know. I, know. Yeah. I just <laughs> always had it so that she, um, I was like, let's not cuss because my mom's here. So, and my mom would always be like, I've heard those words before, Diane. And I'm oh like, I know, but. It allows it to be a, anyways, totally fine. Yeah. Feel free. I I'm didn't remind you. Trying to be you know as she candid was gone, as possible. I'm glad. Please be candid. It's good. Keep going. Um totally lost my train of thought there. But I think what I was trying to say is like along the lines of I was treating work like work. It wasn't mm-hmm. fun as much. And I'm try I like have this like epiphany of like why am I trying to sort of portray this persona of like me being like in a suit and tie like yes i will get you that logo right now when in reality like i i don't know what i'm fucking doing half the time i'm i don't know i just feel like i've just meandered around and i've happened to fall into this state that i'm in currently and i'm very thankful and i'm very blessed because of it but um i started to treat my uh sort of outward projection of myself as like me this silly sort of like outward outgoing you know colorful playful sort of vibe that i've got and i'm trying to imbue that into you know my website and my work and even just like 
the simple conversations I have with clients. Like I've, I've actually spent more time creating and fostering relationships. Whereas before I, I was just like, again, I was very like hoity toity about it. And like, I realized like, what am I doing? This like, this isn't me. Like, so yeah, I think that's, that that's part kind of, of the gist. I think that part of coming into yourself and not having to edit yourself for professional world i mean man people have yeah. told me for all my life i mean my mom was one of them but uh, even my colleagues sometimes will be like oh i can tell them i can tell that they're looking at me like i don't believe you should have said that out loud diane you know yeah and i'm not cussing or yeah. anything i'm just using weird analogies um right <laughs> usually have something to do with a bra usually um my students are okay with it because they're like not phased by anything anymore but but i think it is really that's something and you started so young and early, earlier than normal. You know, like most people yeah. might be 23 when they're starting or 22. But you were designing and, and working at a a really good internship agency, right? It was an agency and you were doing <laughs> intern. And they had big clients. And I just think that they're, maybe that was that pressure of you've got to up your game you've got to act you can't act like you're 19 buddy you know and yeah. so you were yeah. hoity-toity scott trying to just make people trust you but i think that yeah. what made people trust you was all those saturdays of doing these you know as as a and and even you did a 365 project i remember us talking about that probably in 2015 you're like i missed some deadlines for school because i did want to not do my lettering project uh, yeah. that I said I was going to do on Instagram, you know? And I just think, yeah. I think that that is, is it's really helpful to not feel like you're having to edit because it's so much pressure to have to be like, who do I have to be here? I have, and it's just like, maybe everybody won't like me. Right. But this is how I am going to be. Cause it's more work to have to pressure, you know, like, be that certain way with this client do you know what i mean yeah exactly i mean like because i was i was definitely putting on that sort of persona when i had like clock into work so to speak where i'd be like you know sending an email and i'd say like hello so and so hope this email finds you well blah 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 what you know and like in reality now i'm like what's up dude how the hell are you here's your logo hope you you know I I am very unprofessional now, I guess, but in the best way possible. Like I I think it's more of like we're all human at the end of the day, and we're all just creating and having a good time together. So like, why the hell should we be so I don't know stuck up about it? Or yeah, I don't I know see, what the phrase so is. So I but. guess I don't think of that as professional or not professional. I understand what you're saying. It was that mode, but I think it is because um, I feel like you're professional. Even if you're wearing a t-shirt or you're, but here's what makes you professional or a professional is that you're detail oriented, that you care about what the client, um, you're yeah. listening to the client, that you show right. up when you're going to show up. That is professional, that you're trying to serve them. Maybe that's not even something that even people who are super professional, they show up, but they're serving themselves more. So to me, yeah. it's like, can you... Can you do the job? Can you work hard to figure it out and and tell me, be honest with the client uh, about where you are and where you're struggling with or what, you know, it's like, I don't, I feel like they're humans too. You know, yeah. we just need to, I mean, I've had clients for 20 years and so you can't fake it for 20 years, you know? For sure. And that's that's very true. You make a good point. I am very professional in that sense. So you I should, are. I, should, I like, totally think of myself you as being, on the back for that. Yes, I think of you as being professional. I've never had it where you didn't show up when we were supposed to meet. Or, I mean, yeah. like you are dependable. That's professional. I, it's the <laughs> button you. wearing, um, uh, nerdy guy that uh, Jason Carter yeah. was saying. You know that that's um, I guess the. Anyway, I don't want to get off on that. So so from last time to now, you put your money, extra money. I'm like you. I don't really take vacations either. But I think like going to Creative South is like vacation to me, even though I'm working yes, my butt off. Yeah. Like that's uh, really fun. My husband's like, this is this would not be fun to me. And I was like, oh, it's really fun to me. You can stay home. 
Um, so I, right. I, I get this. Um, so has there been, maybe this is just going into therapy. The last time I talked, he also was on this weird, um, and it was a weird celery diet. And I was like, when I met with him last week or whatever, I was like, are you still drinking celery? Because he was like, oh my gosh, this thing has changed my life, Diane. I drink celery every Real. day. And he was like juicing, like, I mean, he needed a celery garden. It was so much, yeah. but it really changed your body. You were like, I'm so much healthier. And and so yeah. you, you did answer that question about the celery that you are still. I uh... <laughs> I am still drinking so I literally had some this morning. Um celery juice. We don't have to get off on a tangent here. Uh we can keep it, you know, s- solely design oriented still, but I, I will like- say celery celery juice is like really good for your digestion. That's all I'm going to say. So it, like it's been good for you. Ta- yes, when we were talking back in 2018 or something, I was going through some health stuff. Um and it was like scary shit, right? And I thought I was going to die. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. And that's what ultimately led me to go to therapy. And celery juice was like this like thing that at least helped in the process. Like, I don't think it was the end all be all and cured me by any means. Um, but celery juice is one of the things that I was doing that Diane thought was just like <laughs> insane. I just don't so like celery. Yeah, it's not good. I'm not saying I love drinking celery because right. it sucks. But it was like a big glass. You're like, Diane, yeah. I'm drinking this and this is totally changed. And I think it just yeah. gave you energy. It gave you something that you were... Um, it gave me I- something I was lacking at the time and it made me feel like I was like doing something for my body. And, you know, it was that... That was just one of the many things, of course. Right, right. You were trying um, lots of things. I was doing so many other things, but yeah, celery juice is like the one thing that stuck with Daya. Right. I, I, I guess because I don't really like celery, but I, I think I tried I it either. one day and I was like, buddy, I, I mean, it would be like drinking like olive oil or something. Like, I'm like, it, I'm not yeah. sure I could do this, you know? Um, it sucked. It's an acquired taste. But After you, all these years, I still hate it. But you so. now you don't drink it every day. You drink it like every other day or yes, something. every other day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just want to, um, we do get off track, but hey, let's just be us and I'd rather, exactly. um, because exactly. I think that was like, he's like, I was like, well, what else is going on? And he's like, oh my gosh, I started drinking celery juice and I, everything has changed. Celery. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I tried it. I was like, I don't know how he's able to do this, <laughs> but um, I did and I remembered and I love you for that, that you are. Well, um, okay, so biggest hurdle in this amount of time. Um, and it doesn't have to just be business related, but what was the biggest hurt hurdle you faced from 2018 to 2023? You know, I mean, just because of COVID, uh, that was definitely probably the the hardest time uh, Why? right Why? when COVID started. Why was that hard? Like any creative out there, any freelancer especially, and even those working at studios and agencies getting let go and stuff because nobody knew what the hell was going on and um work essentially kind of just you know froze up for at least like five to six months if i had a job it was like you know a single job here and there it was like barely enough to essentially get by and so i was like i'm gonna have to like go get another job like i'm gonna have to like work for somebody else after i've been freelancing for who knows how long at this point and so that was a little daunting to me because, um, you know, I have a really difficult time having people tell me what to do, to be honest, <laughs> um, or at least somebody higher up just kind of like, you know, are directing me and all that stuff. It's it's just a little, it's different than freelancing, of course. Um, but anyway, so I uh, ended up getting two PPP loans that thankfully kept me afloat and um you know, I got a couple jobs here and there, but that was that was definitely the the hardest time because that caught, caused me to sort of reevaluate, like it did for probably everybody, reevaluate my life and what it is I'm doing and what it is that I enjoy doing, and you know, what why I'm here on this earth, what you know, what's my purpose, all this, you know, just a lot of therapy there too, trying to comprehend everything that was happening. I do so. think I remember you telling me you were going to therapy then because I think you said t- you were doing the, uh, like you c- dialed in the therapy. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was using a s- service called BetterHelp and it was a good like intro into therapy, but I personally would not recommend it um, to folks. But 
But now oh, I that's do. for another that's for another yeah, day. Another another talk. But but I think that what I like is that you were researching and you were trying different things. And exactly for for exactly. somebody who needs something, uh, maybe online is all they can do right now. And right. I think within in COVID, that was what everybody was having to do. Um, I know true. that I have never met my psychiatrist, the guy who gives me my ADHD medicine, um, in person. He he's in wow. Mobile. But we just meet yeah. on Zoom, and it costs right. a little bit more. But then I don't have to drive all that way down there, and it's just the time that I'm saving anyway. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I I appreciate because anyway, I appreciate. Okay, so what about the biggest creative challenge that you've had? Was it maybe a job, or maybe it was in this kind of questioning when you were not having a lot of work? How were you being creative? Did you have kind of a epiphany in some of those areas or yeah i mean thankfully it, you know gave me a lot of time to work on <laughs> that i wanted to work on stuff that i've been like putting what? off myself um just something as simple as like redoing my website so right around that time is kind of when i had this epiphany moment of like you know putting forward my best self who i am as an individual like my truest self and so um that's probably right around the time that I started at least the process of you know something as simple as journaling all that stuff out so I can try to understand you know who I am and how to present that to clients and so the biggest creative hurdle was probably that trying to um do a lot of like inner work to you know figure figure out what that is and then sort of like launch this quote-unquote rebrand of myself and i'd be like i don't want to call it that whatsoever it was more just me turning off this like mm. fake um persona of like being very quote-unquote professional and turning on this new this is me <laughs> you know so uh just like figuring that out was probably the, the hardest part but it it also came very naturally once i you know, came to this conclusion of like, oh, I need to do this. It was like, yeah, of course I do. You know, right. it, it was a no-brainer. Right, that's good. It took me some time to get there, so. But I'm glad I, I I arrived at the destination, so. Yes, and you'll always re-evaluate. I think there will always become come times when we don't have as good of a work life. One of the things that we talked about last week when we met was what you're learning now. And I know it's not on the sheet, but that is something, so you've gone... Lots of type in the past, but tell them what you're learning now. Yeah. Uh, so two years ago, this is also during uh, the middle of COVID, I believe. Um, I like had this other sort of epiphany moment where I like woke up one day and I was like, I really want to make music. Um, and up until this point, I've had zero education in music. So I know no music theory. I didn't play any instruments or anything. And uh yeah, that, so of course, the way my brain works, so I was like, okay, I got to go back to school. And so a week or two went by. I was like mulling it over, but two weeks went by and I signed up for the Berkeley College of Music. <laughs> I signed up for, I signed up for a, a certificate program. So I just like instantly, I was just like, yeah, I need to do this. Um, but you know, it's like any creative, I feel like, you know, when you have that urge and if you don't make the thing, you're going to go insane. That's what it felt like. I just woke up with this urge to make music and I just thought, okay, I need to figure out how to make music first. Like I want to make my own, you know, songs or an album at some point. Um, I'm well on my way. I still have a lot of learning to do, but I've at least started the process uh, two years ago. And so I finished, I just finished the certificate, I think about a month ago. So two years later, I finished eight classes. <laughs> so I've got um, under my belt, like songwriting, harmony. I took, of course, like, two or three music theory classes. Um, I got my guitars back here. Um, I got a piano in front of me. I've got the mic. So I've got everything. I'm like, I'm in the in the process of, you know, still learning and, and going through all that stuff. But um, so I finished that. And then in between all that, I wanted to do a stained glass class. So I signed up for stained glass. Um, before all that, I took a ceramics class and I was getting into ceramics. Um, and then I like also refurbish Game Boys. Um, I like buy old Game Boys and then I, 
you know, essentially strip down all the parts and put it in a new speaker and a new screen and all this stuff. Like, again, I'm just kind of leaning into the things that I love and the things that bring me joy and Game Boys and CRT TVs, like old 90s technology. Like I have a CRT TV down here. I don't even know what CRT um, means. Uh, cathode ray tube. Oh, so an uh, old TV, like a TV I old, had when like, I was, the, so it's big. Yes. When I was it's growing up. It's one of up. those beefy boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we got hefty... somebody wants to come over. We got some. <laughs> yeah, it's I like mean, the honestly, things even goodwill one, doesn't goodwill yes. doesn't even take right. You're like exactly, exactly. That's... So like taking all this, all that stuff, and you know, again, like stained glass, Game Boys, ceramics, CRT TVs, all this <laughs> is kind of all over the place, but it all connects in some way if I'm willing to connect it. I think. Um. And like one of those things being like, I'll display my work on the CRT TV and then I'll take a photo of it. So I get like the vintage authentic sort of like the texture and the noise and all the grain that that produces. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just trying to figure out how these things intertwine. And like mm. with stained glass, I use my type and illustration skills to create the stained glass and with ceramics. You can, same thing, you can use that to create patterns and glazes and stuff on ceramics. So like, it's all connected and it's all feeding my soul and I just keep signing up for classes and I'm, I'm right now I'm in the, in a break. I, I just finished my ceramics class or not ceramics, stained glass. I finished stained glass. I finished music. So I'm taking a little bit of a break so I can kind of recharge the batteries and then I'm going to sign up for more. All right. So then how, so it sounds very kind of regimented. You do work well with structure and yes. having some deadlines and having somebody kind of pushing you. So the Berkeley thing is that's not in Phoenix though, right? Is that online? No, that's all. Yeah, it's all online. The Berkeley College of Music is uh, located in Boston. I did not want to move to Boston. So I decided to do it online. So then, um, but they didn't say you have to take three classes a semester or something. No, thankfully, the way that their program's structured, I just was able to kind of come and go as I please in a way, as long as I'm talking to, um, you know, a counselor, academic person there that kind of understands, you know, what it is I'm doing. So I essentially took one class per order or a term or what, whatever the division is there. Um, and sometimes I took two classes, but when I took two is when I realized, like, I was getting really tired. Because it's, it's hard to do all that, of course, and then do life and freelance and everything else. So um, that's why it's taken me two years to finish this certificate because that's I'm having okay. to juggle. Yeah, that's I know. Okay. I wish I could have finished it so much sooner. I wish I could have finished it in like a single year. But um, but yeah, maybe there's something beautiful in the stretching it out and allows your brain to take in things in a different way, I think, to be honest. Yeah, but, that is true. <laughs> maybe when you get to be 50 you'll understand that part we'll just talk back then when we we'll just wrap it back and i'll be 70 and you'll be 30 <laughs> and they'll be great okay so um so when you are taking this uh break because it is you're doing life you're um yeah uh you're working running your business and you're doing this uh learning on the side how do you balance um like, is there, do you do the learning on a certain night or during on the weekend, or do you take some time during the week to do that? Yeah, the way, uh, the, again, kind of the way my brain works or the way I know I'm like operating best is I also get up at 4.30 in the morning, which is, I know, insane for most people, but my body just wakes up. Like, I don't set an alarm. What time I don't do you know go how to, to explain bed? it. Oh, I go to bed at nine. I'm an old man. I go yeah. to bed. Sometimes it's 8.30, honestly. I know, me too. Sometimes so it's 8.30. I'm like, so John, good I'm to go so to bed tired. I got to go to bed. Yeah. It's like, it's 8.30. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I am like, wiped out. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's 8.30. I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. Like, I I kind of listened to my body, right? Like, so if I'm tired at 8.30, I go to bed. I'm not trying to sort of like force myself to stay up. Um, And so getting up at 4.30, um, I don't know if it's like with dudes, testosterone is like peak at at right when you wake up right in the morning and so i don't know if it's the testosterone flowing or whatever it is but i'm very like energetic and the you know things are flowing in the morning so that's when i do my work i am very um 
just like alert and active. And so I do, you know, my work, work from, yeah, it's a, that's a mixture of like doing my homework when I was in school and doing client work. Okay. But then I'll do creative like a normal work. day. So yeah, you're I'll call crea- it cre- creative You're not doing work. emails. You're not doing admin. No, no. You're yeah. d- doing right. that stuff later. Okay. Creative work is like from 4.30 to at least one thirty or 2. And then I'll do my like admin stuff um, probably 2 to 3. And I usually end my day around like 3.30 or 4 because I'm starting my day so early at 4. Um, yeah, that's kind of the schedule. And like I just, I just chip away at things uh, like a little by little every day rather than like sitting down and working on a big chunk for a while. I'll like do a little bit of this project and I'll jump to this project and then I'll jump to my homework and then I'll jump to this. And so doing a little bit each day allows me to feel like I'm chipping away at everything simultaneously and it doesn't feel as daunting when the deadlines, you know, come and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to, you know, I've got this thing due. Like, because I don't operate very well under the pressure of like, okay, the deadline's tomorrow. I'm stressing, you know? So if I, you can sort of like, take the time to understand, okay, if the deadline's here, then I need to, you know, work backwards from that and chip away at it each day. And so when the deadline arrives, like I already have had it done for like three or four days. I'm just sitting on it. So the client thinks that I'm working on it the whole time. Right, right. Well, and it also gives you time to, if you're working on something until the moment, there's going to be a mistake. But if you give yourself like 24 hours to not look at it or 48 hours, then you can find, oh, I misspelled that word or that the kernings needs to be a little yeah. tighter or something. So I think yeah. that's, but again, that's how you're professional. You don't have to wear a button up <laughs> shirt to be a professional, yeah. but that, that, but that is also really hard. It's really hard for a lot of people who are running their own business um, to be able to forecast uh, how far something's going to take. We tend to, when we're, if we work for someone else, they kind of have, they're doing the forecasting for us. We need this. We need this. These are those deadlines that come in from the creator director. Yeah. But when you're doing that on your own, you you have just been able to do that. How how were you able to learn that so early? I, I'd like to say I learned it the hard way, you know, because of course, like, it didn't really, I didn't really, like, have this process figured out, I think over time it naturally dawned on me of like, oh, I work really well at this time. Oh, I don't do well after this time. And so I kind of, again, it's a lot of soul searching. You have to work with what works well for you. And so like my process is not going to make sense for almost literally everybody else out there. Right. Um, Jason Karn said he could not get up at 4.30 if his life depended on it. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, like some people, like my girlfriend stays up significantly later than I do, but I just can't operate that way. And so you just kind of have to, you know, there's a give and take there and you have to work with what works for you. And that's kind of what I've been doing is just leaning into that. And again, to circle back to therapy and everything, you know, I wouldn't know this stuff or like have the tools per se to like go digging for it, to understand it, um, you know, had it not been for therapy. So the moral of the story is go to therapy and find like figure out you know what works for you and like figure out who you are as an individual because it ultimately has impacted every facet of my life of course and so it's been incredibly beneficial so when you're doing all this learning this is fun but it's still learning there's still uh struggles and frustrations when you're learning something new so yeah. one of the things when i i Last summer, I really dealt with, um, like, I'm a professional. I should be able to draw this better. Or I, you know, I I was feeling a little like, I can't even say I'm a, this, because then people will be like, well, I'm never sending my kid to that school because that's what those people are, you know, like, you're in <laughs> ceramics and people are like, oh, you make art for a living? And you're like, but not ceramics. I don't make ceramics for a living, right? Um, right. So it, did you have to deal with any of that? Or do you have to deal with any of that when you're in the art, visual arts? You mean like kind of... It's a mindset about, thing, I think. Yeah, is it like more so worrying about what other people think? Is that mm-hmm. kind of what you're asking? Um, yeah. I mean, I get that all the time. Like people are like, you're going back to school again? And I'm like, yeah, of course I am. Like, what do you expect? That's just who I am. Um, so yeah, it's like part of the game. Um, 
I'm not surprised that people can, you know, act or think that way or say things like that. But I, I don't know. It obviously it's easier said than done, but I don't give it any time or attention because mm. I know that it makes me happy, and I know that um, I'm super stoked doing these things. And if somebody over here is like, "Oh my God, you're going back to school and you're learning this and you're sharing about this on Instagram," I'm like, "Well, who gives a shit? I don't know." Like I'm I'm super stoked about it, and I'm happy it you know doing the doing the process uh and that's all that matters at the end of the day because i have to like again creatively sort of fulfill myself and if mm. i can't do that like why should i be worrying about john yeah. smith over here when I, I need to be worrying about myself so my husband's bothering his you his, his name's john smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> i know it's really sad i yeah <laughs> Um, but it that is he's like I'm the original and I'm like oh, oh, I don't think you're I was like I could be Pocahontas <laughs> and you can be yourself uh, but anyway so okay so in this break time that is really his last name um, in this break time I know um, what what do you do so if you are you've learned a lot how as a creative person how do you refill that cup what do you do to refill because you said, oh, I'm going to take this break and this time. And how long is this amount of time that you take? That's, I mean, there, there's no like defined time, right? Like uh, you just know when you know. And for, for you, me, how long it is usually? For me, it might be, it might be a couple months um, just because I've been going, going, going for all this time. And I know that. I just like get this weird sensation of just, you know, of course it's like the sensation of feeling tired, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, all those things that are associated with burnout. Um, and so I, I don't feel the like inherent burnout of like, yeah, I'm burned out, but I can feel it sort of creeping up if that makes sense. Um, and so when I can feel that sensation, that's when I say, okay, I'm taking a break for a little bit um, and I'll set everything down for a sec. Um, and so I, I kind of felt that coming, especially when I was juggling um, Berkeley and my stained glass class at the same time and freelance and life and everything else. So it was, honestly, it was too much um, to do simultaneously. But what I do is, of course, take a break from all the work. And it's easier said than done, too, because sometimes the work doesn't stop, especially when it comes to freelance. But um, I try to lighten my load at least a little bit. Like if I know I can get by with X amount of money, I'll just like say no to a little like one or two more projects just so that I can have some sanity. Yeah. Um, I just, again, I've, I've hit burnout stage so many times that I know what works for me and I know this feeling and I can't describe it other than I, I know what it feels like myself. Um, and so I just try to avoid it at all costs. And so well, I, I think that that to me is really inspiring that you are able to notice it because I think sometimes we just keep going and for people yeah. who have been in the industry for 25 or 30 years it's like we don't know any other way right. so I really I am inspired to be like okay I gotta listen to this and then maybe I just take less I don't take on as many things I'm gonna make sure that I but sometimes it is because it's been so long so I love that you do this on a regular basis and you're really listening to yourself so in that time, what does life look like? Like what? Like when are, I'm taking this break. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously uh, you're not taking classes, but are you still being creative, right. or do you, what? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm thankfully taking the time to make things for me. So even when I am doing classes and stuff, obviously I am making stuff sort of for me. But most of the time, it's like homework, right? So it's kind of for somebody else. Um, and so I also have that obligation of like, oh, I need to turn this thing in. And so when I'm making things for me, it's a very different feeling of like, I'm going to, you know, explore this idea that I've had for a while, uh, or I'm going to draw this phrase that I've been wanting to draw, or I'm just going to go outside and take a walk at 7am when I don't normally take a walk at 7am. So it's, for me, it's like changing up my routine. Um, I, I am a creature of habit and I love routine, but I also thrive when I change up my routine. Um, and so it's kind of like throwing a wrench in things purposefully because I know that um, if you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do, you are in an sort of uh, unexpected environment or situation that you wouldn't normally be in and that promotes growth. Yeah. Um, at least at least for me um, and I would assume that would be the case for 
most everybody, because you're getting outside of your comfort zone, essentially, at the end of the day. And so Absolutely. that's kind of that's kind of what I do. But, you know, some people it's like, oh, I'm going to go work out or go for a bike ride or go to the museum or whatever. Like whatever that thing is, it's going to be different for everybody. But for me, it's just slowing down, enjoying Mother Nature. That's that's always been the thing for me. Like I love being outside, especially now. I mean, right. I, we were talking about how hot it is in Phoenix right now. It's not too bad. It's like the high is 89. So it's not, not terrible yet. Well, it's 83 but in a month, here. So, yeah. It's yeah, in a month it'll be 115. Sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So what when it's like when it's 89, you have to like, you know, get outside as much as you can before cuz when it's 115, you, you don't nobody wants to be outside. So we have like a short window of like what our spring is and our spring is technically summer. Um so I just try to get out as much as possible. Okay, so what can. what's one piece of advice? Say you're talking to yourself 8 years ago. So you a 2000, whenever that was. I don't know why I used the word eight or why eight instead of 10, but whatever. Let's just say eight years ago when we first started talking, I guess, because 2015. Yeah. yeah. So this is you, 20 year old you, or in your 20s, I think. I'm pretty sure you're mm-hmm. in your 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what would you tell yourself? What's one Gotta. piece of advice? Um, I probably just tell myself to be patient um, because I I vividly remember being you know that age and looking up to you know large designers and and lettering artists and creatives and I thought like oh I want to be at that level and I would try to do everything imaginable to reach that point in a shorter amount of time right so I'm trying to put in essentially ten years worth of work in a year or two years, right? And it's just like physically impossible, even though you might be, you know, trying to the best of your ability, it's physically impossible. So my advice is just to be patient with yourself, enjoy the, of course, the journey along the way, because that's what life is all about, really. And, you know, here I am 30 and I feel like life just flashing by and it's it's sad and scary so i'm trying to just be more present about it all too i love that and drink celery people that's how you yeah. do it um yeah. <laughs> if you can stomach the smell it'll keep you youthful yeah okay so i want to make sure that everybody knows how to um get in touch with you which i'm gonna put the links in the chat and also they are at the bottom so instagram you are you bring fire all one word and yeah, Twitter, you bring fire, and your website is you bring fire. And I still have your follow my bliss, your bliss, follow your bliss. Really? Yeah, I have that on my wall. Is it like a wall. yellow print or yeah, something? Yeah, yellow or a sticker? with yeah. No, it's a print. I bought a print. I um. No what? Yeah, I oh have God. it's on my wall. Every other design when I'm at school, I have that, and it's right by my light, so I see it every day. Oh, and so I think about you, you all the time. So oh, I ha- I you. love that piece and it, it, I just have always enjoyed having you on and my mom is just laughing because you were cussing so much I'm sure right now from heaven you know I just think it's hilarious so what a great um, way to start but we'll be back to being G-rated next week yes. <laughs> but hey I'm glad that um, it was that was a really I'm I mean, we didn't talk about it I should have warned you but it was good you know it was like because I usually would say, hey, remember, my mom's going to be there. So <laughs> I appreciate um, this funny little joke that um, I think uh, Jesus said my mom played on me today. So oh tell gosh. us what's next. What could we be looking for? So you're in break time from music. So we should be maybe hearing or seeing music stuff from you. Uh, not quite yet. I feel like I still need some more uh, classes at Berkeley. There's a couple more that I want to take, but more so, like, I, of course, I'm eyeballing all kinds of other classes. The next thing I want to do is, I think, photography. Um, I want to be able to photograph the work that I'm producing. Like, I'm just shooting it on my iPhone, and I don't know what I'm doing with my iPhone either. So, sorry. Sorry, I just... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally... It really is. It's such a good 
it makes it uh, easier for me to laugh about it. You know, I'm <laughs> and and I love you, so I don't care. It. I mean, I, my husband <laughs> talks about these things all the time and uses this colorful language. I just don't. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. But I, it's just so funny, and it's good. It's it's just hilarious. <laughs> if anybody didn't nice. know, my mom died, and so um, this was like the first episode um, since she. And she would come every week. So, anyway, we miss her. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. You didn't even have to do it. This, you know, we could have waited another month or two. So, but I love hanging out with you and catching up and, and chatting with you. It's been way too long. So, thank you. For sure. And I wanted to. I wanted to get back. So, I mean, I'm not, I just hate how I look when I cry. Of course, I can't see oh, I have so the okay. chat and the, the participants no, on top of my face. Okay. So I can't see. So um, Scott can oh, be like this, okay. like <laughs> cover up the, um, like when somebody was during Zoom, I mean, during COVID, one time I was on a webinar with my sister. My sister was leading this webinar and this guy I mean, you know, you hear about this, but I was like, this is, people are just making this up. But this guy took us to the bathroom and he had to poop. And like, I was like, yeah. oh gosh, this was not what I wanted to see. You know, like I didn't see anything, but I saw more than I needed to see. But I was like, well, Vicky, in a way, he was enjoying your webinar so much that he didn't want to miss anything when he went to the bathroom. You know, I was like, you got to look at it that way. Um, that but, is true. But I, um, I am um, just really thankful to be back. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Scott didn't make me cry. No, I just I, think it. No, I feel it. But I appreciate you guys um, just hanging in and just being patient um, with me during this. And she was here for so many years. So, I mean, would come to the podcast because my dad was like, does your boss watch and i was like no you know he's a painter he's not really into this and um and <laughs> my dad goes and helps stroke victims on and volunteers at the hospital on wednesdays so he couldn't watch and i was like well dad have you ever watched and he's like nope i'll get your mom to start watching uh next week <laughs> so then he just roped my mom into watching so but uh -huh. i think she appreciated it and um she would have appreciated you as she always did. I mean, I'm sure she watched the other ones that you were there. Anyway, I just yeah. hate crying. So, oh, it's cried okay. plenty. It's a safe space. It's okay. <laughs> just got to talk about that before. But it's all um, good. Yeah, it's just, I just miss her and it's okay. Yeah. Of but course. She was yeah. funny and it's, we had lots of funny little jokes that uh we did and i my sister spoke at the funeral and i spoke after her because i figured if i needed to be the last one i wouldn't have to sit if people were like eyeing me badly you know um so i didn't tell this one story and i'll tell you this because it's kind of funny i think i think it's funny but not appropriate for a funeral anyway so i'm diane my sister's vicky and my sister's first and i'm second and um, so my mom would always, and you have siblings, right, Scott? I have three three brothers. Yeah. So does your mom or dad ever get your names mixed up? All the time. Yeah, of course. So, so what is your name? Like, what I know your name is Scott, but what do they really call you? When they get our names mixed up? Uh-huh. Uh, well, my other brothers are Brett, Chris, and Garrett. So they would just intermix our, okay. our names. So, so sometimes my name was Vic Diane, right? So normal, right? But I would give my mom a really hard time. I was like, mom, I know I'm your favorite, but you've got to stop telling her to die every time you say her name because she would call her Die Vicky. And I thought that was hilarious. Like she's telling her to die before. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Clearly y'all are not thinking this funny. Y'all are like, oh, Diane, you shouldn't have said that out loud. Um, but see, this is where you just have to be you. But I was, my mom would laugh and she would be like, that's not what I mean. And I was like, I know, but I made it but funny because I was like, you know, yeah, it was funny. It wasn't right. that funny. No, that's funny. 
you're like, I'm laughing on the inside. It's okay. <laughs> um, but I next week, uh, I will just to make I said every, I said all your links, right? You bring fire, Instagram, yeah, Twitter, you. and which one are you the most active on? Uh, uh honestly both. Instagram has been um not ideal lately, so I've been posting on Twitter too. Just random stuff on Twitter. But I'm on both. All right. Well, good. Well, just thank you for making it a safe place for me. Thank you guys for coming. And um, thank you, Joey, for uh, saying that you laughed out loud. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, That's why you're my friend. Um, (laughs) The weird sense of humor we have. Um, And next week we have Demi um, back on. And we're going to talk about, uh, he has been on the show before as well. But he, we're going to really talk about um, AI and what its role is. And Demi really showed me some neat things. And he's using AI in a really neat way to help him populate things. And so it, for um, case studies or uh, when you're coming up with uh, pitches for people and you're coming up with um, all kinds of things, he has figured out ways to use chat GPT and MidJourney. And he's been doing stuff like this for about two years. So he has done really well. So I'm excited to have Demi on talking specifically about that. He's got a little presentation for us. So I um, I am actually going to use chat GPT in my classes next um, in the fall. We did a little bit this time. So I don't have to populate all the text that's the articles and these things and students can kind of do that on their own. So I'm excited about using it as a tool. I'm not thinking it's replacing anything. It's just a tool, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's a cool tool. Let's use the tools we got. Anyway, um, thank you guys. I am very appreciative. And Scott, thank you so much for just being my first one back and for just giving us a, um, just who you are and just being honest and being willing to talk about therapy and celery and the Let's talk about anything. Yes. The no good problem. and thank, bad. Thank you. And just know you are professional, I think. You don't have to wear a <laughs> stuffy shirt and be hoity toity to be yeah. professional. <laughs> That's true. All thank right. Well give you so lunch. Thank you. And I will oh, gotta move all the stuff out of my way so I can hit stop. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.